PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 451 of Cinema Crespotiso. I am your host, Chris Crespo, but I have killed Chris Crespo. He is a piece of shit. Welcome. Oh, man, thank God. Oh, man, I, was, I, was, I was really hoping that, that, was, that, no, that was all true. No, I, I was behind the bot the whole time, working on those gang, ripping out his wires. Well, what's the point? I shut it down. Oh, I shut down okay. the bot. Well, then who made the bot? Did you make the bot? Did you just I don't know. I don't know who made this bot. It, uh, it's time-stamped 2032, so man, we've, it's from the we, future. We've come pretty far in only 11 years. You know, technology is exponential type of thing. You know, we didn't have refrigerators like 120 years ago. I mean... I've seen those Boston Dynamic dogs. Those things are fucking you see, scary. You see the ones doing the backflips now and the parkour straight up? I mean, now they're doing like, no, we're screwing ourselves. We're working our way towards the, the Terminators and the, mm-hmm. the the last one that spits yeah. and it's super agile. Yeah. We're going to have that. Like, yeah, it's going to be those things. It's going to be those things. Faceless dogs. Welcome to Cinema Crest <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that was. How you doing, Drew? It's a little later in the day. I ate a lot of food today. Some stuff with cheeses and beets and uh, and the uh, eggplant and uh, and some garbanzos and uh, and uh, some bread, some chips, yuca, <clears throat> wrapped in bacon. <laughs> that was the ghost of the yuca. <laughs> the ghost of yuca wrapped in bacon. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that was good. But you know what? I only had a couple pieces because I learned the hard way a few years ago. Uh, too too much of the yuca. Make you go a poop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a, it's just a starch. It's a starchy starch, so, it, and it's gonna run through you. Yeah. Um, and then the pork loin, and, uh, and then the green beans. And, uh, we had a big old dinner today. So, and then a couple of drinks, not too many. This is actually only my third drink of the day. Only. Over the course of six hours. Thank you. It's <laughs> a long ass time. This is a big. This is a big. <laughs> drink. This is much I was gonna say this I mean, one's if, much bigger. If you're calling that a drink, mm. <laughs> this is two drinks to the one. I'm already halfway done. Mm. Oh, that's good. It's been a weird day, guys. I can't really fully explain. It's been weird, but uh, we are here. We are happening. We saw Candyman. Yes. Any chance you rewatched the OG one? No. No, you just went straight into this yeah. one. When was the last time? Oh, I can't. I probably cannot remember. That's the thing. For me, it was. I mean, like, in, I saw in it all when reality, I was in middle school. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I was thinking about it right before the movie started, yeah. and I was like, I can't remember a single thing about oh Candyman. Oh my god! Like I was, I was like, did this happen? Did that happen? Like I was like, no. All oh, that's Lawnmower Man. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like wasn't Pierce Brosnan in? Uh, <laughs> did he play a guy named Roy? An American, and he helped a he helped a dummy get smart with a computer. Yeah, exactly. And then, but then that guy, like, he fucked his neighbor. Remember that? Oh man, the Lawnmower Man is a perfect Patreon.com slash Crespity so movie. It's a weird movie. Maybe we'll do it for this Halloween. And it's, I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's fucking bizarre. It's, it's oddly sci-fi too. It is. Uh, Stephen King 
uh, it's based on a Stephen King short story. He sold the rights to it, and then when they put out the movie, Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man, he saw the movie, he was like, this is not, you completely changed it. I don't want this. He, like, sued them to take his name off the movie. <laughs> He's like, take my name off this. Uh, and then the producers were like, no. <laughs> no. And um, I think, like, King won, and they had to take it off while it was still in theaters. <laughs> but then when it came out on home video, it said Stephen King's Lawnmower uh-huh. Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were like, fuck you, man. Um, it's a weird, wacky movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, so yeah, I don't, so I don't remember anything about. Candyman. I had a similar thing where I remember seeing Candyman vaguely in middle school, like fifth, sixth grade, at a sleepover, and the type of thing where like the opening scene uh, with the blood. There's a scene with blood accumulating on a on a ceiling and then dripping down. Uh, early on, that that's like imprinted in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I think I blacked out the rest of the movie. <laughs> okay. Like for my own protection. Because yeah. yeah, I yeah. didn't do horror movies when I was a okay. kid. You know, yeah. I watched uh, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street and and uh, uh, Friday the 13th and all that one in college. I got to saw all that way late. Just because of my upbringing, right? Um, and and I saw Candyman, like I said, on a sleepover. You know, like yeah. my parents weren't supervised. <laughs> that, that, that's how that one snuck through, right? So I wanted to rewatch it ahead of time. So I watch it on Thursday. It's on Peacock, okay, uh, with only like a couple of ads in there. It's not. It's not too intrusive, and I'm glad I did because because uh, I, I watched it on Thursday, and then on Friday I saw a tweet that says Candyman hits harder if you rewatch the '92 Candyman, and it sure does. Like, mm-hmm. and then for some reason they were calling this a spiritual sequel to Candyman. Uh. Uh-uh. This this is Candyman too. This is like straight up <laughs> the Candyman. Yes, the Candyman. This is a straight up sequel to it. I don't know why they were trying to like duck and dodge and be like, no, no, no. It's a spiritual sequel. It's not. A, it's a direct fucking sequel to the. So I'm glad I, I watch it. And if you're listening and you're into it, if you're interested, you have a chance. Watch Candyman and then see the new one because it really it works really well. Um, and maybe I'll talk about it a bit in the media diet. But that OG Candyman fucking. <laughs> That movie slaps. <laughs> this shit is crazy. Um, but man, this one. What'd you think about this? Uh, it was this new good, one? man. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen the second. Shit, right? the second. The second, not yeah. third. Not the third yet. <laughs> not the third. I don't know if he has a kid. <laughs> if he if he does, he better fucking carry on that fucking legacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give that kid the weight of that name. Make him, make him live with that shit. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Very poignant. Yes. Right. Uh, using the genre to say something. Yeah. Say many things to actually. say to say a lot of things, but, yeah. <laughs> but 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 at the same time, like still completely in the genre. Yes, yeah, because so. I mean, horror has always been used to do social commentary or get political or whatever. This one's definitely talking about on the nose, sub, not even subtext, like no. the text, <laughs> right? Gentrification, yeah. uh, uh, white supremacist systems, cutting off parts of the city uh, financially. So that they die and then can be redeveloped into white sections. Uh, it's funny when that critic was like, you know, and then your people move in. And he's like, yeah, my people. My people. And and that, dude, like, even me, I was like, he's like, yeah, artists. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, and then either way. Burn. Either way. He's like, my people. Like, yeah. Oh, she's going there. And then she says, artists. You're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> even, yeah. Ugh. It feels weirder. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's like, it's into the... It's interesting that they set it in the art world mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. That, that's a fun setting. It Makes is. me think a little bit, what was that one? Velvet Buzzsaw? I never watched it. You never saw that one? Well, it was no, disappointing. No, exactly. <laughs> that's what everybody said. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, disappointing one. Um, 
but it's like a horror movie set in an art world. It's almost like what's this other one I saw? Slacks that's set in the fashion world, sort of, where it's about the the like the haunted jeans that yeah. kill people. That's weirdly watchable. <laughs> um, yeah, the setting's cool. Uh, and then like the other Candyman, it's very much you know it's in Chicago. They talk about Cabrini Green a lot. While I was watching the original one, I was on Wikipedia, like, reading about Cabrini Green and all this shit. It's pretty, yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah. I'm sure some awful things happened there. Yeah, just so, <laughs> so much poverty and neglect and, like, purposeful neglect, you know. Uh, it, it's a wild place. And the idea of, you know, the, these horror stories, the, these myths coming up as a way to um, deal with Shared trauma. Uh, yes. Shared generational trauma. Pa- that gets passed on. The whole thing where it's like, man, slavery was 200 years ago. Why, why are you bringing up slavery? You know, it's like, well, the, the effects of slavery have continued generationally. It's not just like it ended and then everything was great, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it's just changed over the years and uh, it, it affects people, uh, uh, Parents to children, to parents to children. I mean, literally, like uh, Chris, literally a hundred years ago, there was still segregation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've been in some, in like a couple of holdout counties, like up until the 70s, yeah. I think. I think the last <laughs> school was fully desegregated in the early 90s. There was like one school somehow. Like, no, <laughs> we're not going to do it. Isn't that wild? So, yeah. I just read that apparently <coughs> the reason. Um, Christian private schools even became like a real thing in the 50s and 60s was as an answer to desegregation. Yeah. To uh, like, well, if keep you're, the white kids out. Yes, if or to keep the black kids out. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, well, that's what I, I mean. Keep the white kids out of the public schools. Yes, system. yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if they're gonna now mix up the the public schools, why can't I make it go in there? Yeah, so we'll, we'll just make our own school. school yeah. You know? And then you can't. You can't, you can't tell us what to do. We have business. It's weird. America's weird. <laughs> um, I like, you know what else I thought was really cool in this movie? The, one of the main characters in the film is a, a gay black man and like yeah. a, a femme sort of presenting. Uh-huh. Uh, not femme presenting, but you know, uh, just like that's a, a whole a whole stereotype within the black community, within ethnic communities, within the yeah. community too. But it, it, the more marginalized the community, then within that community, the more marginalized people are within that, you know, trans people, yeah. gay people. So then to have a character like that up front and center, uh, Capable in his way, and uh, also his sexuality wasn't just his identity. It was, you know, what I mean. It's yeah. like that's a hard thing to pull off, and I, I felt like this movie was trying to do a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> you know the uh, the character who's the art curator. Yeah, right, and the way the people are like sort of these sort of people from New York, the way they interact with her and stuff, yeah. and the whole thing with her. She has a whole backstory with her dad and stuff yeah. that's happening. Like, man, this movie's got a lot going on. Is it too much, or what do you think? Yeah, there's a, there's I mean, a lot going I mean, on. Maybe, but at the same time, like some of that. I mean, some of that stuff. I mean, that crazy set of circumstances for her. Yeah, yeah. She has she has a wild that you see. You actually see it in the yeah. trailer, um, where her dad uh, just is an artist who killed himself. So then she has grown up as a person who, I guess, in the he art was, world, yeah. Who, yeah, who's well known enough. Yeah. Like, oh shit, her dad. So that's some people posit. I guess that's how some doors even open up for her, mm-hmm. just because of that's a whole thing and stuff. Anyway, like I'm saying, we got a lot going on. Man. <laughs> we haven't even talking about our boy. 
Yeah, yeah, Abdul. Yeah, what a killing it. I think it's like this he's good. Yeah, man, he's it, like, good. It's I mean, some of my favorite parts were when he was just acting in front of a mirror. Yes, <laughs> freaking like, out by himself. <laughs> yeah, so hard to man. You said it. It's like he's by himself. He's in a mirror, <laughs> and he's like, so many things are going on in his head, no. and, and then the body horror. Oh. oh, the oh, dude, when that. When his fucking fingernail <laughs> fell off, I... I they, they aud- show, that's another thing they show the trailer, I, yes. I have audibly went... <laughs> <laughs> you, did. you did. It did seem yeah. very visceral, like... Yeah, like, the, it, it just, just came, came out. out of me. I was just like, oh, God, I don't... Because wow. it looks so good. They show in the trailer it him starting did. to pull the nail off, and in the movie, it's like, it's just... Well, all that, like, I've, I've, when, when I was a kid, I slammed my door in a my, my finger in a door, so I lost my fingernail once. So, so you, I, I know... It, oh. it didn't look that awful, yeah. but, like... Losing your, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> so visceral. It's so weird. Yeah, you have a, uh, you have fingernail trauma yeah. like uh, coursing through you. Yeah. That's hysterical. Yeah. I gross. mean, not hysterical. It's I, I feel your pain. <laughs> it's know, gross. Just yeah, that's gross. This movie goes there. Yeah. with the grossness, mm-hmm. um, all the way up until the end. Oh, dude! I, like the full, I don't know what like the, a full transformation. I don't know what the fuck happened to his side where his fucking skin started to look like a bee's honeycomb I, I think it's because it's supposed to look like a burn but also a honeycomb okay. i think that's what, what's going on i think it's i think it's uh he transforms slowly into a monster man who with a ball burn but a honeycomb body <laughs> it's weird as fuck yeah yeah i do my team the second say his full name it's amazing yeah. um he uh, in the like, interview, he, he sounds like some sort of African king. He does. <laughs> he does sound like a king. Oh. King Yaya. He uh, in an interview recently, he said he watched a fly. Took, yeah, took a lot from Goldblum. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I, when I read that, I was like, ooh, <laughs> body stuff. Yes, body, gross body stuff. Um, so well done, so moody, you know, and uh, like even the opening credits with mm-hmm. the. The Philip Glass like score. I even I was as the music was playing. I was like, "Is this Philip Glass?" Because he because <laughs> he did the score for the first one, and um, and then the credits it was some other name I didn't know. But this person like nailed this amazing moody visceral score, uh, with the, like the, the the buildings upside down in a crazy the, fog. Wh- yeah, whatever that weird and everything was backwards yes. during the intro. I was like, fucking. What, some sort of mirror world? What is going on here? Yes. What, and how far are they taking this? Yes. What <laughs> bizarreness are we going into? It, it's a fun... It sets the atmosphere very well. Yeah. And then it's... I saw a line that it was two hours, but I think it was under two hours. I think it was like an hour 50. It felt... It didn't, it didn't feel like that long. That long. Um, like, I feel like maybe... Maybe there's too much going on. I mean, they did stuff a lot in the movie. They, but, stu- they but, stuffed a lot in there. But for some reason, it didn't feel like I it did, was all... I liked it, all of it. it. It didn't feel like it was too much. Right. Right. Because I I think it's because I liked all of it. Every scene I was into, every character I was interested in, some of it just felt like rushed or truncated or like, I want to know more. But but then when, <laughs> if we cut back to Yaya Abdul, I was like, yes, yes, give me more of this. You know, I'm never mad when they cut back to him, yeah. you know? Uh He's doing amazing. All everyone that acted is amazing. I this lady Nia DaCosta. I think it's her second feature length film. I don't know if she did anything before this movie Little Woods, which I I've been recommending to people. It's for a while now since I saw that. Not the past. I think like two film festivals ago, maybe, like the one before 2019, the one before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, it's a little like middle of the country Ozarks 
drama, like thriller drama, starring Tessa Thompson, and uh, it's right. It's like her version of um, Winter's Bone. Mm. Did you ever see Winter's Bone? No, that's Jennifer Lawrence when she it's was. The one, yeah, it's the one that kind of blew her up. Yeah, she was sixteen when she did it, and I think she won the Oscar for it. And it's she's a. She's like an older sister of a poor ass Ozark family who someone's like in debt to a neighboring family. So she's trying to like get money or something. And it's just like a fucking gritty, shitty little drama that she's in the center of. At one point, she gets her ass beat in a barn (laughs) by some like big old birth lady. She's beating her down. It's fucking intense. It's really good. Um, This name of the cost lady is really good, man. And her next movie is... Miss Mar Miss the Marvels Miss Marvel the Marvels the Captain Marvel two movie which is yeah it expand it's I mean you, the expanded Marvel universe yeah. <laughs> what the fuck but Marvel Marvel universe yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the characters with the name Marvel <laughs> yeah 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 all these ladies and yeah. then and then some because then then they're thrown in like other people too uh, well, yeah. I'm almost disappointed that she's getting into MCU that she got sucked into that machine. Yeah. Cause like I kind of want to see what else she she can do, especially something R rated well, and cool I, and adult. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like it's fun watching some of these directors play in that sandbox. Yes, especially because Marvel kind of lets them play it's in a, the sandbox. It's a trade off. It's a trade off for sure. And there have been casualties. Yeah. Edgar Wright didn't get to make his mm-hmm. Ant Man movie, and Ant Man was his fucking idea. <laughs> he pushed for it so hard, and Marvel was like, "Yes, we know how to do it." And now Ant-Man is so integral <laughs> to everything. It's so funny. Um, and who else fell off? Another um, Patty Jenkins. She dropped off Thor Dark World because she knew she sniffed out that it was going to be a piece of shit ahead yeah. of time. Um, and she jumped ship on that one. So, you know, but for the most part, yeah, they do let them like, do their thing. They let the Taika Waititi's do their thing for yeah, the most part. Sit, yeah. So, yeah, uh, let's see what Nia DaCosta brings to the NCU. Between Little Woods and... Uh, Candyman, I don't know how that's going to work now. Like, she's going to just pull some sort of 180. But yeah, I can make family entertainment too, I guess. Or or maybe they'll give her one of the darker stories to fuck with. It is is the Empire Strikes Back of the Captain Marvel series, I guess. Technically, it's going to be her second movie for, like, where Brie Larson's one of the main characters. Um, They're working on that shit right now, actually, I think. Um, And then, like, the other Marvel hasn't even debuted yet. The, the TV Ms. Marvel, the yeah. Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's filmed. I don't know how any of this shit works. <laughs> they all crazy. Anyway, Candyman. Candyman. Oh, is there a mirror around here? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way, dude. Not a chance. Not it's a, a chance. It's a great, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great legend, man. It's a fun legend. Yeah. Apparently, for the OG Candyman, when that came out, you know, there's always, you always have your haters and detractors and stuff. And uh, Candyman 92 is um, based on a Clive Barker novel, or short story, maybe, uh, which then makes sense why, oh, there's so much going on. But then Clive Barker, he said it in, like, Scotland or whatever, and his Candyman was, like, some white dude, white monstrosity with, like, a, a Shrek with red hair. Yeah. And, uh... So they said it in America. They did the whole thing with changing it to Cabrini Green and making it like this uh, story of racism in America, generational racism. And the guy who directed Bernard Rose, who wrote it and directed it, is a white man. is an Englishman. And it's fascinating to see this story of black trauma being told by white people. Uh, 
you know, that's always an issue. No. And uh, when the I movie... mean, at, le- at least he was getting it out there. Maybe, no. maybe at the time, nobody could do it. I th- no, I'm saying <laughs> I think I'm for it, especially for the time period. Yeah, I am 100 percent for it. I think it's great. The um, especially because it's a good movie. Candyman's a good movie. The uh, but then when it comes out, uh, some like you know, black uh, rights groups, activist groups, whatever. Um, they're like, how how dare they take this legend, the Candyman legend? from black communities and just, you know, appropriate it and use it for their movie. How dare they do that? And then they have to be told, actually, uh, this is all made up for <laughs> this movie. There is no, we made up Candyman. <laughs> and these groups have to be like, oh, my bad. <laughs> but, it, but it sounds real. <laughs> but it's so good. Are you sure we didn't make it up? I'm pretty sure we made it up. I'm like, no, no, no. It's from this Clive Barker yeah. book, uh, which is very funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's how good it is that it's like, damn, it started with this Candyman saying Candyman. That's the thing. Even seen it in middle school my whole life. Every now and then, I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, should I? <laughs> no, the answer, I, the answer I, is do no, Chris. Do I do it? And then you got to shut the lights off at the end. Like, do I do it? Um, I thought that was Bloody Mary. That's the word. That's that's <laughs> the OG. Like, look in the mirror yeah, and say see, a thing that I've done. And yeah, not, nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing Chris. happens. So of course not. Um. Yeah, the Candyman is just a twist on the Bloody Mary thing, but then with the whole backstory. Mm-hmm. And it's fun how this one then applies more backstory. And it doesn't feel burdened. It makes sense. I think it's a good, very good movie. A good, very good. I think it's a good, very a good, good movie. Good, very good? <laughs> very good, good? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like that. I think it's really, really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I would give it a thumbs up for sure. I agree. Yeah, for sure. See in the theater, yeah, I'd say like go see. if you're comfortable I, at this point. There's not like there meant, there's no one in the theaters anyway. Well, no, exactly, and you know it, since it is a horror movie, some of those jump scares really get you. That yeah, man, <laughs> the big screen, the loud. Yeah. Psh, that's the same thing with the night house. Like I was trying to say last week, it was like it's just a bunch of crickets, 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 and like yeah, a bang. Ha! Like I knew that bang was coming. <laughs> I still couldn't stop myself from jumping. I still couldn't stop it. Yeah, man. Between the two of us, this movie gets two thumbs up, but not the Roger Ebert two thumbs up because that shit is copywritten. Um, but it's it's some good stuff though. It's get it's two singular thumbs up. <laughs> you know, we don't... singular thumbs up, but twice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Put that on a poster, bitches. So here's the new thing that I'm noticing uh, because I'm so smart. The box Are office. You? No, I'm not. I'm just repeating what I see <laughs> online. The, um, I checked the Twitter. There's this Twitter account that does great box office reporting. Um, I didn't look it up. Maybe, actually, Drew, would you mind looking it up? I think Candyman was on track to make a $20 million, maybe maybe just barely plus $20 million three-day weekend, which was would be slightly ahead of expectations uh, based on it being an R-rated movie, sequel to a what, 30-year-old movie. Candyman, 22.37. That's a win, maybe. That's a win. Now, here's what's actually happening. Movies like Free Free Guy. Look up Free Guy's total. I think Free Guy might 79. be... 79. 79? Dude, that movie's on its way to $100 million. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's because we, we are... We reverted backwards <laughs> to this weird time now where it's back... It's, this is like the 80s where or the 70s where movies now have legs again. Yeah. It's no longer about... Um, uh, Movies having huge two, three weekends, but then dropping off 50, 60, 70%, you know? Yeah. Uh, movies that people genuinely like, they're going out, but in just small numbers week to week. So if they keep movies in theaters long enough, they'll make 80, 90, $100 million, $120 million 
Fucking Black Widow is just under $200 million domestic box office. It's the number yeah. one movie of the summer. And that's on top of the 120 Disney says that it made so far on premium access, which only bolsters Scarlett Johansson's being like, bitch, that's my money. That's my <laughs> Give money. Give me that shit. Give me that money. <clears throat> um, so it's, it's a wild, it's a wild new world we're in, maybe. But legs, it's all about legs now. Uh, the big, big opening weekends are um, harder to get, obviously. We'll see what happens next week with Shang-Chi and its four-day Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I think at this point, if it if it gets over... If it gets over 60 million next weekend, if it gets over like 60, 70 million, that's going to be huge, huge win. Because yeah. uh, while that is not a big box office for uh, Marvel, considering that it's Labor Day weekend... It's a little known character overall, and it's fucking COVID nineteen. I'm gonna be amazed if we can get just under 100 million that quickly. So anyway, Drew, uh, let's get into some media diet stuff. You caught up on that? What if? Mm-hmm. What if you caught up on what if? I am. What well, I, I I am. Well, let's go back a week to what if. Um, what was I like? Well, what if T'Challa was Star Lord? Yeah. How'd you like it? It was interesting. It's funny, right? Yeah, it was. It was fun to see just how far everything everything got affected. Yeah, by one little thing. By one. By the yeah. real the fuck up, and the fuck up isn't the two guys picking up the wrong kid. The fuck up is Yandu outsourcing the job himself. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah he should have done it himself. Yeah, that's the fuck up. Um, Michael Rooker, man. No, all of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, all of them like Bozeman. I mean, Josh Brolin came back. <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> for, for good cool guy Thanos. Thanos for, <laughs> who's, who just happens, you know, that kind of sounds like genocide. No, but it's but it's not. <laughs> yeah, she was like, yeah, when he was talking to the Dora Milaje <laughs> lady. Them, every, every lady. You like, kept he, bringing it up. He, exactly. <laughs> like, he keeps bringing it up. It was almost funny. Yeah. He was bringing up how actually genocide, not genocide, but my idea was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he talked me out of it, but it's still a good idea. Yeah. And then they were all like, no, it's nope. not. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, she straight up yeah. called it genocide. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, because it's random. It's random, so it's not genocide. <laughs> Which technically, I guess he's right. Yeah, because genocide is very targeted. He's like, it's just, it's just, this is, he's like, my, my plan's just so efficient. <laughs> they, it's weird. I, I love that they acknowledge just someone. Yeah. Could, someone could have talked him out of uh-huh. this. Yeah. I like, like uh-huh. acknowledging that. Yeah, you can't acknowledge a, uh, some old eternal god like trying to court death. You can't talk him out of that. No. If he wants that to fuck you death. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. And that's, and that's the only way of doing it. What a madman. He was like, what if I <laughs> get rid of half the population? And then you go like, wait, 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 wait. Before you do for, that. For the resources. We're, con- con- <laughs> we're conserving resources here. What if we do, I mean, better resources, better machines. What? I mean, come on. Let's, let's work together here, buddy. That's a fun, it's a fun episode. I, I still like the first one more. I think the yeah. first one was viscerally more interesting. I think we've used viscerally a few times on this episode. Let's strike that. The third episode. What if, what was it? What if Earth, it's called something like, what if Earth had no more heroes or something? Well, yeah, I think that was the title it, of it. Yeah, it's basically uh, Michael Douglas going bonkers and killing everybody. Great, <laughs> great, great reveal. Also, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Great. And straight up animated Michael Douglas. I love I, look, looking like shit. They made him look like fucking yeah. like crazy asshole uh-huh. shit. Um, yeah, great reveal of... Uh, but, I mean, obviously, if you watch the show and you're looking at the credits while Jeffrey Wrightson's thing yeah. is on the Watcher thing, 
you're like you can read the credits like oh michael douglas is in this yeah. okay and then so, and so then where's that like, man yeah <laughs> two-thirds of the way through it's like who's killing all these people and then you're like where's michael douglas <laughs> hmm this is uh, yeah. i wonder maybe uh i thought that was i thought it was also fun well yeah and him being in the yellow jacket suit instead of the ant-man suit which makes sense if he's gonna be quote the bad guy yeah. of this one mm-hmm but then, like, you know, we're unworried. It's like, my daughter. It was his daughter, right? Hope. Or is that his wife? Hope is his daughter. <coughs> Who's the wasp? I've only seen these the, movies once. The, the on. original wasp was his wife, but the the wasp now is his daughter. Right. And, but when they're at the grave of Hope Van Dean. Was that his, was that his yeah, daughter? Uh, yeah. I think, probably, that was I think so. Uh, oh, and then, of course, Samuel Jackson being throughout the whole thing. Essentially yeah. being a Nick Fury. I, this is what I do like about this. That it's... Um, even Owatu says it in the beginning. He says that it's uh, this all happens in one week, <laughs> like, in one fateful week. He says, and like in nerddom, when you do the MCU timeline, the Incredible Hulk, Thor, and uh, what's the third one? Um, Incredible Hulk, Thor, and what's the? I mean, they feature Iron Man two. Those three movies for Nick Fury all happen in the span of a week. <laughs> that's one shitty week for Nick Fury. That's, a, that's Nick, yeah, it's Nick Fury's shitty week. They have a name for it, like Nick Fury's crazy wild week or something like that. But it, it is this fucking shitty ass week, man. Uh, so I like how this episode was like about that week. What if we did something with that? Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying the show so far. So I say the first episode's the best episode, right? What do you say? What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah, weird, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because I th- felt the least going into it, and then also uh, Hiddleston. Any chance he gets to play any version of Loki, he's sinking his teeth into it. I mean, I want more crocodile Loki. Person. <laughs> I mean, that, come, on, me. come on, come <laughs> on. Well, season two of Loki, maybe we'll get another crocodile Loki. I hope so. If we can work him in so this guy, it's so, so weird how he stole the show. Everyone was so worried yeah. about everything else, and it's like, no, no. By the way. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's like who who would have thought that the 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 crown on top, the, the jewel on top of the crown of the Loki show <laughs> was a crocodile. <laughs> Damn it, it's so good. What if episode three? It's good. This, this show's fun, and there's only what six episodes? I think I don't think there are that many. All right, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so the Crestable Hundo is going strong out there. I'm on like movie seventy something with Candyman seventy five. So I'm ahead. sort of like I'm not worried at all about hitting it. And I actually like trying to get to 100 right around Christmas. It's like a fun Christmas present to myself. To be like, yeah, 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 I watched 100 movies. I got to the end, right at the end. Like, this is fun. Uh A couple years ago, I tried to make it. Uncut Gems was like 99. I was like, oh, (laughs) I couldn't make it happen. It's weird how schedules work. Um, But, you know, Chris Wando is a whole thing where I'm like trying to force myself to watch use my time to watch new stuff and don't just revert back to the comfort security blankets of older movies and stuff like that. Like Zodiac for the 10 billionth time. Like Zodiac. (laughs) Every time you you say Zodiac to me, I'm like, should I stop what I'm doing and watch Zodiac right now, front to back, all two hours and whatever minutes of it. why that movie does that to me. And it only made like 50, 55 million at the box office. It was a flop. Mm. It's a straight up box office flop and it is one of the best movies of the 21st century. (laughs) Hands, Hands down. down. No one fucking <laughs> argue with me about that. Um, so I'm all about trying to watch new stuff. So, of course, this week I watched Blade Runner. <laughs> I watched... And then Blade Runner 2049. No, I, no, 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 no. But I did watch Tenet, though. <laughs> I did watch Tenet. 
I don't know why. I don't know why. I just put it on. It's like, yeah. this movie's so good. Um, and then I watched Candyman. And yeah. um, you know what's cool about Candyman? Because then after I watched it, I did a little reading on like production stuff. There, uh, the, And this is even... I, I noticed this. This movie started. I was like, man, it starts with this amazing, very steady shot. That's an overhead that we would just do down with a drone. It's an overhead shot straight down of a highway, cutting through Chicago, and then just following some cars. And it's very clean. The credits are rolling. The Philip Glass is playing. It's doing a similar thing with New Candyman, which is setting the atmosphere in a very cool way. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this, I'm like, this shot we just we just do now with drones. And we get them so smooth now. We can get, you know, yeah. um, like even at this time in the 90s, I'm like, well, aerial shots, they have the wobble, you know, and it's hard to get that because they just strap a, um, a camera to the bottom of a helicopter. And then it has a wobble. And even with stabilizers, it's hard to get rid of that wobble. And in this movie, for Candyman 1992, it's incredibly still. Like, wow, what a shot. Go online, read about on Wikipedia about this movie. It's the very first ever movie to use this fucking new, brand new Skycam rig (laughs) that's like all... Super smooth. Yes, all of the stabilizers. Uh, It's like Rocky was the first one to use Steadicam. It's like, this movie is historically important. Just for that alone, no. just it's an incredible shot. It's a great movie, man. Candyman's so good. Uh, Ninety two, I'm talking about now. Avail- like I said, available on Peacock for for people to watch um, if you have Peacock, which is Peacock's cheap. It's fucking like five bucks. Whatever you guys steal the password, I don't know. Get whatever. Um, Criterion Collection, that app that I use now as much as I can because I pay for it. And so fucking why not? There's a, they pull, I think it may be on the Good Time DVD. There's an hour long Meet the Filmmakers from the t- from the set of Good Time, uh, Josh and Benny Safdie. And it's fascinating to watch this because when you watch these movies, it's like, um, they feel so real in terms of like, man, they just had Adam Sandler go down to the jewelry district yeah. and follow the camera. <laughs> like, it feels so like, oh man, how do they do this shit? Then it's fascinating to see all the work that does go into it. And how big the crew is and how many people are there and how they operate. And it's fascinating that it isn't as run and gun as it seems like they really are. These these wild man directors, these brothers are actually have like method in their own in their own way. It's yeah. fascinating. Um, Josh is the guy who works with the actors. And it's like, I need this from you, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And then Benny, the guy who actually acts in the movie, he's the one who's all logical, and he's like, we need John. We need you guys to do this so we can cut it with this to make the edit work. Like, if we don't get <laughs> yeah. this, the edit's not going to work. So, we, oh, that's the end of the episode. <sighs> Use the time to catch my breath. Um, it's really fun. It's a really cool little, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Because it's a DVD extra. I'm just... It's a glorified DVD extra. It's only like 50 minutes. Um, anyway. Meet the filmmakers. The Safety Brothers. That's all. Cool. That, that's it. I watch old stuff. I just watch old stuff, man. It was like, I did it. I, I kind of did the same thing. I watched uh, Ready Player One this afternoon. Oh, you were... Yeah? Yeah, we watched it. How did, well, how do you feel? It, uh, the book is so much better. <laughs> the book is so much... Like, it made Damn. me... It made me want to re... re it, Watch rewatching the movie made me want to reread the book. Sure. Do you, do you have a copy? Do you no. need to borrow my copy? I, I might need to borrow your you copy. Right I know. Got to write over I'm there. I'm just saying. But the, yeah. Right. So. When I think Ready Player One, the things that I think about that I like are like the opening race. The opening race is great. It's a different. It's it's, it's just completely different. That yeah. Part. 
di- different opening, which yeah. is fine. And I uh, mean, a lot of things. A lot of things are. Yeah, I mean, like that. Different. I remember liking The Shining. Yeah, The Shining scene was when that came up again. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. That's bonkers. In the yeah. in the book, it's War Games. Yeah, I think The Shining is a better choice. Of course. And thinking back, I really like it's such a tiny moment. I really like when he pulls out the Zemeckis cube when they're stuck in the club yeah. and he's like and he solves it it's just a Rubik's Cube yeah. and then it goes the, the, yeah, the Back uh-huh. to the Future theme uh-huh. and it goes backwards I'm like oh that's satisfying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, well I mean stuff like that is satisfying you know seeing you know King Kong and the Jurassic Park fucking yeah, dinosaur yeah. they say they say that that's not the Jurassic Park T-Rex Bullshit. they say it's just a random <laughs> di- like what oh, who's, who, are you, <laughs> who are you afraid to pay in this one instance <laughs> I, I, I don't mean, you own it all what's the problem here what I'm saying is, like, it, is you're, Universal it, not this is the being directed by the m- man who directed the same movie. Yeah, I'm so confused. I'm so confused what universe we're in. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Like Iron Giant is in this and Space Jam. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, so you were just like, man, I'm mean, really, it's, not it's, really feeling it too much. A, a li- I mean, there were parts of it that were good, but like I said, it made me want to re- reread the book more yeah, than anything. Sure. Yeah, sure. Because the book is better. It's a obviously. fun, it's a, it's a way fun read. Yeah. Um, I'll read Ready Player Two when it hits paperback. Of course, you know I'll do it for sure. So, all right, Ready, Ready Player One. That's a that's an interesting rewatch. What else you got? Uh, on Netflix, I watched a comedy special called Philly Philly Wang Wang by <laughs> by a guy whose name's Phil Wang. <laughs> okay, uh, so F F H no, oh, P H P H Phil Wang that's Philly Philly Wang Wang Philly Philly Wang Wang. Uh, and it was all right. Just all right. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's. Uh, it's very dry humor. So if you're not into that kind of that kind of humor and that kind of uh, is he American? No, uh, British, British, Chinese, Malaysian. Okay, but then so but so he's like spent time. In, I'm trying to figure out so like dry. Grew, grew up in Malaysia. Grew up in Malaysia. Yeah, interesting. But super hard British accent. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like you know that dry humor definitely. It's a British thing. That side of the pond. Yeah. We're more. Lower class, lower class sarcastic humor. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Philly Philly Wang Wang is uh, entertaining, entertaining it was enough. Entertaining enough, yeah. An hour, yeah. Like an hour six, something like that. Okay. Philly Philly Wang Wang, British Philly Philly Wang Wang. I'm Malaysian, but also I'm British. Chinese Malaysian. I'm a Chinese Malaysian, but also I don't blink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on Netflix there's a Wolverine anime series okay that uh, the only reason why I kept watching it after the first episode was because it was actually like super violent they leaned into the violence yeah like there, there's animated blood it's so, t- it's TVMA so, yeah so so when Wolverine kills people like they're actually dead but outside of that though outside of that it's not that like good I mean they they take some liberties with some of the characters it's, sure. it's definitely Japanese made for Japan being, you know, imported here to sure. America. Yeah, so that's it's, fine. It's, it's their version of Logan. You ever seen so. that Japanese Batman movie that came out like five, six years ago? What, Batman Ninja? Is that what it was called? Dude, it's on HBO Max right now. Yeah, but is it good? Have you yes. seen it? And it's good? Yes. It's okay. just it's just very Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm totally, so. yeah, I love Japanese stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's totally worth watching. Okay, so that one that one's worth watching. Yeah. But the, but this Wolverine's a Netflix show. Yeah, uh, and you're not. You're, it's all right. It's just okay. Yeah, How, I, I'd give it a. I'd give it a. Oh, it's sideways <laughs> stuff. I felt that one too. Yeah. Oof, man, right, right there, knocked that down. Was, that was a tight, not up, but mm. that was a tight hole you got in. Um, thirty minute eps. Yeah, it's what six, eight, ten, uh, eleven, I think. 
Well, that's a decent amount. That's a decent amount of episodes. Cohesive story from start to finish, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah or, kind of. Or is it very episodic? I mean, uh, sort it, it of is episodic, of kind of felt. Yes and no. I mean, there are sometimes there are two parters. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there is a whole thing. I do like that it was put in Madripoor. So you know, it's oh, something fun, something yeah. that's not used very much in the MCU yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Madripoor made its debut, I think, actually in the what if? In no, not what if. Um, Falcon. And oh yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it, when they were like Madripoor, I was like, "Is that a real place?" I had to Google it. I was like, "No, Madripoor is not a real." No, place. it is not a real I, place. I am a dummy. But that, that, that is, is where. <laughs> but if you go to Madripoor and you say the word "patch," that's Wolverine. That's Wolverine. That's that's where he's Wolverine. <laughs> no, that's where he's Patch. <laughs> that's what I meant. Um, he walks around with do, an eye patch for they, some reason. Do they call? It, does that happen no. in this one? No, no, it's just set there. And, yeah, and Wolverine looks like he's like in his mid twenties, so it's weird because it's oh, okay. anime. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, that's what they do. That's right. <laughs> like sure. I said, I've never, I've never seen a young Wolverine outside of like child Wolverine. Yeah, he goes from child to like forties <laughs> <laughs> immediately. But, but then he's yeah. forty for like hundred and fifty uh-huh. years, and then all of a sudden he's like eighty yeah. <laughs> in, in Logan or whatever. Um, okay, so I get so whatever side th- side thumb. Okay, yeah. okay. What else you got? Uh, also on Netflix, inventing David Geffen. Uh, it's a, it's so a, I'm assuming it's just some a, sort of documentary or docu series. It's just a documentary on David Geffen. Does it talk about how he's buds with uh, Spielberg? Yeah, it talks about all the people he's Geffen. friends with. Geffen will be. Um, he is the um, in DreamWorks, right? Do you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, because it's him. It was him, Katzenberg, and Spielberg yep. who did. Uh, and their initials are, uh-huh. yeah. are are in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun, good, enlightening. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. Hardly anything about David Geffen. He, he's one of these. Yeah, he's you know, just a in, name to me. He, he's one of these industry moguls who yeah. literally like has hand shaped popular culture in America from like just by himself. It's not wild. <laughs> like he just he just did it, and people went along with it for some fucking reason. So <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy like, how we let that he happen. Is, he he he's he's a Quincy Jones. He is a Clive Barker. I mean, I, a Clive. What, what the fuck is his Clive, name? Clive Barker. <laughs> Clive, uh, Clive. I just watched a documentary on it. You did just watch a yeah, documentary, Clive think, Davis. Clive, Clive Davis. Davis, exactly. He is he's one of those people. Mm. Um, yeah, he's like, a tastemaker, a kingmaker. Growing up, I've had so many CDs that said Geffen Records on it. Yeah. Right? Isn't uh-huh. it? That's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, and and I know nothing about him. Yeah. You heard me five minutes ago. I was like, DreamWorks something, right? They have a Geffen. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah, no, Spielberg. He, yeah, he, he started a bunch of you know record companies, very influential in yeah. the music industry, yeah, yeah, then yeah. broke over into the movie industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In all reality, has never really like, you know, he's one of these guys where he got it, into it way back in the day when everybody was an amateur until you got a billion dollar paycheck you know <laughs> so you mean when get back 70s when he starts 60s yeah, 60s 70s yeah. 60s, yeah man back when it was the fucking wild west and you, you timing, could be man. anybody <laughs> and all of a sudden you're the head of whatever records for whatever reason it's all <laughs> <laughs> like that's how like, how many of these people have the same fucking beginning stories you're like yeah you know i was doing this and i met this guy and he was like hey i think you should be the head of blah blah, blah. yeah you need, <laughs> you, you, you need this okay Okay, I'll do it. It's like a bunch of creamers uh, just fall ass backwards until money. The best shit. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Okay. Invent, what's it called? Inventing David Geffen. Was, what does that mean? Like he how he invented himself? Well, yeah. I mean, and for... How he's some sort of self-made man? Well, yeah. he's. He, I mean, he's a, 
he's he's just a, a Jew from Brooklyn. Oh, sorry, a gay Jew from Brooklyn. Okay. So. Oh, good for him. Yeah. You know. Good for him. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Actually, it makes me root for him a little more. That he's a like an out out gay the whole time. The, the, oh, the not the whole. Well, here's the thing. Like he. Like, oh, that's interesting. Like he never really, I guess, like thought about it that way. Sure. I guess, and for a while, he was actually in love and married to Cher. It's fucking. It's it's Cher. So Every, <laughs> everyone was in love with Cher. I'm like in love with Cher. She's an old ass lady. Yeah, he, I'm in love with. Cher. He, he was married to her for a while. That's fine. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's Elton John would marry Cher. Are you kidding me? She's Cher. Uh, I think it came out in the nineties. Okay. Okay. You know, way after he became, you know, super rich and influential. When he had the money to be able to sort of be like, "Fuck you, money," and to buy. Oh, by the way, I'm gay. Um, that's fine. The uh, I was just reading this thing with Val Kilmer, where he was talking about it was it was a little blurb. It was a little dumb People magazine sort of thing about him and Cher's past relationship and how it didn't work out at the time. Uh, but now there's, they remain friends f- forever and, um, that it didn't work out because when they first got together, while they were like super into each other, uh, they were both two alpha, it was two alphas coming together and they couldn't, it couldn't be sustained. And Cher was like, he was such a hard ass, but then he would just smile and I'd be like, all right, fine. He was the only person that she would let get away with shit. Uh, then he would be like, just fucking, uh, she got, guided me and all this stuff. And then years later, right, when he's um, when he's sick and doing chemo and stuff, he stayed with her for a few months. This may even be in a documentary. I haven't watched it yet. He stayed with Cher, and she, uh, one night was like, he was like, oh, I'm throwing up blood. And, and Cher was like, oh, shit, let me call the ambulance. So they call an ambulance to come get Val Kilmer. He's got, like, vomiting blood all over him. They got him on a stretcher. And just before they can put like the oxygen mask on him, he looks at Cher and she's totally eyeballing the young paramedic because <laughs> it's LA yeah. and everyone's hot. So she's just yeah. like looking him up and down like, yeah, this fucking guy. <laughs> and then she looks over at Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer gives him the gives her the eyebrows like, oh yeah, you want? Yeah, I know what you, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> and then she just like blushes because she's like, fuck, he got me. He yeah. got me being all thirsty for this dude. And then they got to put the oxygen mask on him. So he was like, I'm here. Uh, like dying, yeah, and, <laughs> covered and, in my own blood and vomit, yeah, and she's thinking about fucking the paramedic. She's thinking about fucking this paramedic, and then we have a moment where we laugh together, and like that's the energy that they had together, and it's it's a very sweet thing. And there's a there's a what if universe where Val Kilmer and Cher have their own like crazy Hollywood dynasty family. The 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 Kilmers <laughs> are out there just like Cher Kilmer, yeah, the the Cher Kilmers, which she doesn't have a last name. What's going on there? Yeah, she can't do it. If she got married, she'd forever just be Cher. Uh, There's a what if universe where they're like their offspring are dominating all the pop charts. Um, watch anything else? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, Thrice Upon a didn't Time. You watch, you watched this last week, didn't you? No, this was because uh, last week I watched uh, the two, the, the one and the two. I oh think. my God. Was... So this was the last one. So you watch the last one? Yeah. Okay. I, I said I was going to at okay. the end of the last Okay, okay, so okay. Like, That's why. Watch it. That's why you watch all the other stuff. Yeah. So how did it, did it work out for you? I mean, it's fucking weird. I have no idea what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but there are awesome giant robot battles and that, lo- lo- lots of death. That's funny. So. Uh, I mean, giant robots, baby. Yeah. I saw on TikTok someone put together, bought a Gundam suit, like just pads and but it looked amazing Fuck, i mean just Gu- gundam was just in ready player one i, cho- mm. I, I choose form of G- that's true gundam versus Me- mecha godzilla to, to take on mecha godzilla in the book it's um who is what's I his forget. name the big the red gray guy the red silver no, guy. ultraman ultraman and they right cha- and they changed it to yeah. gundam it's a fun change mm-hmm 
Ultraman's fun, but more people now know Gundam. Yeah. Plus, that's what a kid would do. That's what a teenager wouldn't do power or whatever. A teenager would do yeah. fucking goddamn Gundam. Uh, so it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Is it a side thumb, side up, side is like shorter than do? You know, little half to roll. It's like, it's like scratch. It's like scratching a butt. It's yeah. Like, it's scratching. It's I'll not going give, in the, it's not going in the I'll hole. Give, I'll, 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 I'll give the butt scratch. We got, we got a butt. It's a butt scratch. <laughs> it's not quite up, but it's not quite in the hole. It's like trying to decide where it's going to go. So it's scratching the butt. All right. So Evangelion scratched your butt. Yeah. It's sort of satisfying, but not really. <laughs> exactly. It <laughs> is right. what it is. It is what it is. All right, fair. What and then uh, on uh, on Amazon Prime, I fell asleep to uh, 1492 Conquest of Paradise. <laughs> what the fuck is that even? That's uh, that's Ridley Scott and Gerard Depardieu doing uh, Columbus. When is this from? Oh, I think the early 90s. Uh, is it any good? No. No, no, one, ta- no one talks about this movie. It's bad. This is boring even, and bad. Even really, Scott has his like hidden stinkers that, yeah. that oh, this no is one, one of talks them. about. This is this, this one of them? I'm afraid. Yeah. Last, I'm Conquest afraid the last duel is going to be one of his hidden stinkers. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, no, we don't talk about the last duel. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about Exodus, Gods and Kings. No, we don't talk about the last duel. I love talking about Exodus, Gods and Kings. It's so much fun. It is fun. It's actually fun to talk about the movie. It's it ridiculous. is. Christian Bale gets smacked in the face with a boulder, and the rest of the movie is like, does he have brain damage or is he talking to God? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we really and. The, and the, there's no like consensus. So, well, there is one scene where he's talking to a burning bush, and then uh, like Aaron spies him doing it, and yeah. he's just talking to a bush. bush. There's no yeah, fire. No. <laughs> so, I guess it's still like God could still be talking. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so not good. You fell asleep to it. Yeah. Um, how far did you get? Did uh, you get to America? I made. I, I got to the West Indies. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I ever got to All right. actual. Mainland America, uh, but it's a long movie. And yeah, it's, about, right. it's like it's about his whole whole life. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, like, he gets to America within like the first hour, and it's Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, '90s Gerard Depardieu. Interesting. Interesting. Who I just read a thing where apparently he's had a lifelong gay relationship with someone suspected. Who was it? Now I'm just throwing half truths. That don't don't listen. <laughs> to me. Don't listen to me, guys. No, never mind. Never mind. 1492, don't watch it. You're 1492, Unless you're some sort of really Scott or Gerard Deborah Ducompletus. Yeah. Don't yeah. watch it. Well, it's fucking boring. <laughs> I'm damn thinking I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I want to fall asleep to something. Yeah, I felt I fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, I really, I was, I was just, I'm like, 1492, Congress, like, Amazon Prime, why are you recommending this to me? Oh, directed by Ridley Scott. That's why you're doing this to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Fuck it. And then, yeah. oh, man, what a what a weird bummer. I mean, I never saw that one where Russell Crowe is in like Italy. You see that one? Remember that one? What? It's like a quiet summer, a long summer, a sad summer. He's a, he's in Italy working on some farm or something. Nope. No, <laughs> I barely remember the trailers. I definitely didn't see. Nope. It. Anyway, all right. Fourth tonight too. Conquest of Paradise gets a nope. Mm-hmm. Gets a it gets a it gets a snoozy snooze. I fell asleep to it. All right. Anything else? No. No, that's everything. Shit, buddy. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to take a break, and then we're gonna be back. We got uh, a comment in the Facebook group. We got all sorts of news stories. Uh, plus the return of podcasting's most exciting segment. You know what I'm talking about. And no, it's not McGruff the Crime Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it off a crime log. <laughs> No crime logs this week. No crime logs. Nope, but we'll be back in just a second, right after this word from our new sponsor. Is it time for that big operation? This may be the most important decision of your life. So come down and talk to one of our qualified surgeons. 
here at the Family Heart Center. We feature the complete Jarvik line. Series 7 Sports Heart by Jensen. Yamaha, you pick the heart. Extended warranties, financing. Qualifies for health tax credit. And remember, we care. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 451 of Cinema Crespedes. So the robot is back with now. I have a weird accent with me. It's just a cockman. Drew, how are you doing? I'm trying to place the accent this robot has. It's like, it's vaguely German. It's a vaguely German accent, but also my wires are crossed, so maybe it's a little Austrian. Okay. So it could be like Herzogian. <laughs> Man, I had to shut down this robot again. It's a goddamn thing. I came alive during the break and pulled out those robot, those robot wires. Uh, I don't even know where this thing came from. I, mean, I can't tell the difference. So whoever's you know making these things is doing a good job. I'm telling you, these are quality either robots. That, we should sell them on the that, black market. Either that or you naturally look like shit. That's also another thing, too. Yes, I mean, it's a rough day. <laughs> it's a rough week. It's been a rough life. <laughs> um, Guys, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. Email us and we'll read them on the show. Uh, if you don't email us, then we won't read them on the show. If you email us to complain, don't do that. Because <laughs> I'll still read it. <laughs> what, yeah, I'll still read it and then feel sad. Also, don't don't Facebook message me and complain about something because that makes me feel sad too. It's been a while since that happened. Um, oh, COVID. The uh, Patreon.com slash so needs your help. First, you need to sign up uh, for anywhere from $1 to $5 a month. Gets you access to new episodes every Friday. The second thing you need to do is re- recommend it to someone else who has disposable income. Uh, and who may or may not actually listen to the show. We don't give a shit about that part, actually. Just yeah. just sign up. Yeah. We just care about the dollar. Yeah, you don't got to listen. Just sign up. We just want that dollar. If you listen, too, that's cool, actually. I mean, I, I like hearing when people give us good feedback on the Patreon stuff. Patreon.com slash So Sign up today. Day, day. We just released our Batman Begins episode. That was fun. Two hours, too. One of our longer ones well, for a bonus episode. But shit, there's a lot to talk about. It's Batman Begins. It's Batman Begins. Rachel. The uh, Facebook group, you can leave a comment or a question or a recipe or a, a dating advice solicitation or whatever on our Facebook group post that I put up every week that I pin to the top. And then Drusa Cogburn will read it like this. A couple of the shit. Oh, this is from Carmella, <clears throat> by the way. What's up, Carmella? Uh, a couple of the shows I recently watched mentioned ketamine use. It seems like a weird underground druggy reference, weird. but we are who we are. Lizzie's story, Secession, and White Lotus all have ketamine references. Wow. It's become like... The, the go-to... The, se- the semi-legal, psychedelic medicine, quote-unquote. Has it? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. No shit. Yeah. It does feel... Fringy. Yeah. K. Mm-hmm. I I knew like two people who did it in, in college, and it was through my job. I did it once. You did it once. It's not really. It's... Go, did you go into a K hole? No, that sounds awful. I I saw a dude just like sitting there staring off in his face, and then someone's like, yeah, he went, he's in a K hole, and I was like, that looks awful. <laughs> I would not want to do sound, that. That sounds awful. Yeah, that sounds terrible. This house party sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It did. It sucked. That was a shitty, shitty party. <coughs> That's an interesting observation. Um, I guess, yeah, because if it is being used more sort of, quote, medicinally. Mm-hmm. 
Well, people the are, place to do it would be California. For I mean, for whatever reason, you know, psychedelic research got shut down probably because of the war on drugs. Uh, yes, but I think recently that's uh, obviously things have changed. And anywhere where drugs are going to be um, looked at liberally, it's going to be California. Yeah. So they'll be on the forefront. And all these people are making these shows are in California. So of course they'll yeah. be integrating stuff ahead of uh, mm-hmm. other other places. Interesting. You know where we get some K special K? No, this is like for cats. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, hell, I'm sure you can get it in a clinic somewhere if you meet certain criteria. If I knew, yeah, if I knew a vet, a cool vet. Uh, Chris, <laughs> you are cool, but kind of a nerd too. So this question is mostly for Drew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Drew, what is one of your favorite psychedelic experiences, uh, ketamine induced or otherwise? I have a lot, but I'll throw a quick reference out. I was park hopping with my friends Herc and Jeff at the Disney parks, and we landed in front of the Epcot straight off of the monorail. We started to peek off some fucking strong-ass white blotter acid. Therefore, we did the most logical thing and decided to sit on a bench at the front of Epcot in broad daylight and take a couple of hits off a one-hitter cigarette pipe to take things up another level. So Jeff and I hit it, and things were okay. People were rocking right by us in the park, carefree, to our mischief and drug abuse. But Herc hits it, and the goddamn lighter explodes, making a sound an M80 makes. It sounded like gunfire, uh, and luckily, it was pre-9-11. I've never had a lighter explode before, uh, or after tripping or not. So we have three dudes smoking bowls and sitting on a bench, basically setting off what sounds like a firework, and hundreds of Disney tourists looking at us. I can't believe we didn't get arrested. And somehow, we were able to calmly get, get and walk away without being kicked out of the park. So, Drew, give me one cool trippy story. Chris, give us a cool underground LSD movie to watch. <laughs> underground LSD movie? Uh, I don't know. Think about that. You got, you got, you got any LSD I mean, stories you want to give a trippy story? You I got, got, you got, fucking, ton, you got tons of I got a of bunch them. of stories. You got, you got tons of them for sure. <laughs> it all depends on how deep you want to go into it. Just give us a quick one. I mean, I had a... I think the, the, the last time I took actual LSD... Mm-hmm. Uh, you were there. I think you were my chaperone when we went to the uh, we went to the theme parks. Probably then, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was a good like that. Yeah, I was always a good like that. Yeah, I was just like, listen, like I, 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 I don't need help. Just make sure I don't do anything stupid. Like if I wander off, be don't, like, hey, Drew, don't wander off. Don't wander. Don't be a dick and don't wander. Right? Yeah, right exactly. Right? That's right? all you gotta do. Just I make can, sure I don't do anything stupid. I can do that <laughs> uh, for the most part. But uh, I, it, I mean, went to Universal. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lot of fun. Fucking went on the Dueling Dragons. Nice. It was, that, that was right before the Dueling Dragons got shut down to become whatever the fuck it is now. Was that when we had our um, our passes? Yeah, we had those passes that made yeah. it easier. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. go bro, I got my pass. Yeah, yeah, but I I was peaking when we hit the <laughs> the, the Dueling Dragons, <laughs> and uh, I closed my eyes when we went on the Dueling Dragons, <laughs> and I was like in some. Like, I, I, I was traversing, like, <laughs> Alex Gray universe. Like, I was pretty much flying because I, the Duel of Dragons, you had the feet hanging. Yeah. So I pretty much flew for what, <laughs> what seemed like a half hour, but was more like, you know, three minutes. That's amazing. It's like dread. Yeah. Your brain slowed down. Uh-huh. The one-eighth speed. Yeah, it was awesome. It was one of the best roller coaster rides in my life. That's, that sounds that sounds awesome. And I mean everything, you know, I mean I was, I was tripping at a theme park, so you know, things are there to be cool and weird as and long, as long as and if you know you, you get into it. 
as long as it's not Halloween Horror Nights or like the alien oh, extraterrestrial ride maybe, at Disney. Maybe that's your thing. I mean, I like to go dark sometimes. Well, then you will freak. Then, then you will freak. Mm-hmm. Uh, eat some acid and watch the Holy Mountain. <laughs> there you go. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do not go. watch Little Children. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> I think it's funny. It's a funny movie. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> you were so, I was like, oh, look, it's so, on. It's on HBO. So, so wrong. Come so, on. So wrong. It's got Jack Hurley. It's like, <laughs> like he's about to be Rorschach. Come on. Let's give this a... I hate you so much. Let's give this a watch. Um, that, that psychic scar has your name just right on it. <laughs> <laughs> nice to know I made an impact. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yes, that's you, good to you, know. Yes, you psychically scarred me while I was on hallucinogens. Thank uh, you, Chris. Right. Okay. Uh, was that it for Carmelo? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Carmelo. I appreciate it, buddy. Lay, lay off the... Lay off the LSD. I disagree. No, hit up the mushrooms, dog. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence, you're Cogman. Stay away from the chem- the man-made chemical stuff and go all, go all natural. Uh, I mean... With the psilocybin. With uh, the psilocybin. There, there's nothing wrong with LSD. I, nothing I, wrong with it? I think I think it's a way better trip, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? You're obviously... I mean, I enjoy the You're obviously the pro. I... I I enjoy the mushrooms, but something about LSD's longer and stronger. It's just, it's just a, the way it sits in the base of your spine, and, yeah. then, and then it regurgitates every now and then. I mean, if that's true, I don't fucking know. That might be a myth. Oh, is it really now? No. Is it really That now? very well could be government propaganda. Is it really now? Yes. He looks at him in his eyes, not blinking, and says, <laughs> Is that really the way of extras at Cogman? I don't know. I've been watching Michael Caine videos on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> and trust me, he doesn't blink. <laughs> Ever. Not once. <laughs> okay. Guys, I said it in the first half. It's the return. It's happening. Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. Oh, I got Entertainment Weekly. It's got, it's got Halle Berry on the cover. Halle Berry, 52 years old. Or Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah is correct, sir. No, Halle or Hallelujah. No. Choose. Choose. Pick it, poison, it, Chris. It's Hallelujah. <laughs> Halleberry is Hallelujah. This okay. is Hallelujah. Look at her. She's amazing. Um, she's directing. She's got a movie coming out that she directed. It's her first, I believe, as a director. And it's a boxing movie. Okay. Um, that she's also starring in. Oh, okay. It's a boxing movie or an MMA movie. Anyway, we'll talk about it a little bit in a second. Um, but that's why she's got the cover here. Halleberry at the helm. Yeah, directorial debut. Movie called Bruce. It'll be her first movie. Looking forward to it, right? I'm um, check it out. But there's a few things in here, obviously, that I pulled and I thought were interesting. Here's you see this chart, this big circle chart with all these faces. Uh-huh. This is an egot, almost egot chart. Okay. All these people almost, almost got an egot, and it's split up by like what they need. And some of these names are fascinating, like who was so close to having a uh, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, an egot, right? Only missing a Grammy. Which is a weird one to get if you're not in music, yeah. right? Viola Davis needs a Grammy. Imagine if she got a Grammy. They suggest that she write a memoir and then just do the audible book of it. I was gonna say these days they, they give uh, uh, they give spoken, Grammys for spoken word stuff, and a lot of celebrities have gotten into the audible book and reading. That's stuff. how like Bill Clinton got a Grammy and shit like yeah. that or whatever. Yes, exactly. That's how Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he produced a short film. Yeah, Kobe. <clears throat> But he wrote the poem that what? got turned into. That's the also short true. Film. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing too. That's amazing too. So, rest in power, alleged rapist. <laughs> um, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yes, is another one who just needs. I just need a Grammy. <laughs> just need a Grammy. Just Jeremy record Irons. my voice doing 
something, please, and give me one more award. Interesting. Um, Frances McDormand, Mrs. I've won three Academy Awards for acting. Uh, almost to Meryl Streep herself. She's so good. Needs a Grammy. And uh, Al Pacino. Hooah. Gets a, I just need to record me doing something. <laughs> and then put it out. I can do a blues album. <laughs> huh? Uh, blues? Huh? <laughs> Like no, Al, just relax. I, I, don't, I don't think Al Pacino's gonna. It's get not happening. I don't think it's happening. A lot, yeah, a lot of these names I pulled are like they ain't happening. I mean, unless he, they can all produce something. You never know. They can still sneak them in, right? There's a huge name list here of people who need Tonys. I actually that feels like the toughest one to get on stage yeah. and then win a Tony. That's a tough one. And we mentioned her. We've been talking talk about her earlier. Cher needs a Tony. If she got a Tony, she'd be an EGOT winner. That's probably not gonna happen though. Um, fucking common. I feel like he could get him, get his ass on Broadway with, yeah. the, with the right role. Yeah. Common could get himself a goddamn Tony. Easily. And that would make him. And he got... Uh, That's crazy. Which is crazy, right? Um, Why did he win an Oscar for? Um, Good question. I wonder what he did. <laughs> and, and then I wonder... It must have been for music. It must be for More music. More than likely. Yeah, it has to be for music. Um, I don't think he, I mean. And then you know who needs to score a Broadway show so they can be EGOT winners? Fucking Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. They could do it. They have Grammys, Emmys, and, and Tonys already. And, and it, or and Oscars. It, and it same. wouldn't be like Nine Inch Nails shit. No, it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like Lion <laughs> so King 3 or something, yeah. something weird. Um, a very short list of names here that they have that need Emmys, but it includes um, who needs an Emmy? That's TV. Elton John. So this motherfucker needs to like televise a concert, yeah, or, or something. something. Um, Stephen Sondheim apparently needs an Emmy, which is interesting. Uh, and then a big list of people who need an Oscar. All right, we have um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. If he eventually gets an Oscar, that's it. That's the last one he needs. I think he actually has a good chance. He, had, he does have a chance, and also has a good chance. Um, Billy Porter, the actor, he's already won all the other three, and he's still like. Blowing up. He's still on the way up in his career. Um, so he has a chance. Um, Hugh Jackman needs an Oscar. Totally possible. He'll get one eventually, yeah. right? Eventually he'll, he'll find the, he'll, he'll get the right the right role in the right movie. In the right time where yeah. people are like, oh, okay, let's finally give it to this guy who's been working so hard for decades now. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, another duo, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I mean, they're, they're still in the game. As long as they're working, it's technically possible they, they just won emmys this past year for for south park so they can still and they're about to crank out so much shit no. for the next seven years they have a chance they have a chance um the strongest chances on this list of people also uh who needs a tony this is funny martin scorsese like he needs to produce a good fellas <laughs> broadway or something um needing an oscar this is actually really funny cynthia ervio ervo ervo cynthia ervo uh from the outsider, the uh, uh, she was um, the the lady, the black lady with the uh, uh, God. Why can I recall her character's name now? Such a great name. Um, she has already won all the other three awards for her Broadway performance of the Color Purple mm-hmm. in the Color Purple, and she's won uh, everything else based on the same role. And they're gonna do a movie version of the musical with her in it. If she wins the Oscar, she could win all four awards for, for the exact... same came for the same character. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Similarly, similarly, this dude, Ben Platt, he is the lead for the Broadway hit Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. And he's won the other three awards already for Dear Evan Hansen. 
and they're about to come out with the movie version of of the play with him still in the lead, yeah. even though he's like a a forty five year old man playing a high school kid or whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly, but that's fascinating. It's a huge list of names. I left off a whole bunch of names. Um, that, that's impressive though. It's fun how that works. Entertainment. Um, there is a, a, a series, mini series coming to HBO based on um, a Swedish mini series called um, "Scenes from a Marriage." Okay, and uh, uh, it's Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain as a couple, as a married couple, and their relationship deteriorates over a series of. Uh, episodes. episodes. The original version aired on Swedish TV, and apparently it captivated Swedish audiences. They watched it like it was a goddamn documentary. It's by Ingmar Bergman, and uh, there was an influx of uh, people seeking marital aid, marital counseling, and there was an uptick in divorces <laughs> in <laughs> after Sweden watching after watching this thing. And we're about to have an American version. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that happened, that was an, the original was 1973. So, so look for relationships to collapse yeah. across the nation. Yeah, we'll see what happens. September, <laughs> sometime in September, the new version. Um, just in time for the holidays. Just in time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Isn't that ridiculous? That's hilarious. Um, they I usually point this out the must list. They got Jeff Daniels this week for the must list where he points out a, a must his things that you must check out. Um, and some things make sense. Like he has uh, he wants you to check out the work of Barbara Stanwyck. He says he watches a lot of TCM. He's a big fan of her work. Uh, a book called The Warmth of Suns, which is about this is him quote. It's about the great migration that people of color took in the decades after the Civil War. They moved to Chicago, Detroit, Milwaukee, places like that. I read her book six months ago. It should be required reading for every white person in America. End quote. That's Jeff Daniels. They're all trying to get the fuck out of the South. Exactly. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Uh, for stage, he recommends to kill a mockingbird, which he's appeared in. For music, he's into the Black Keys. Um, and then for TV, he swerves, he drew. He throws a swerve. You know what Jeff Daniels wants you to watch? Huh. I guess, think of him uh, taking that fake shit, the Dumb and Dumber shit on the toilet. Maybe this more, makes more sense now. He wants you to check out Impractical Jokers on True TV. He's a big Impractical he, Jokers fan. I'm sure he's still, you know, just, be, just because you do drama doesn't mean you're not a comedian at heart, Chris. Hey, you know yeah. what? Just because he's a, a distinguished person doesn't mean he also doesn't like shit humor. Yeah. Quote, I am constantly pulled... Pulled back to whatever episode that's playing. I cannot get enough of those guys. I just can't get enough. Even if I've seen the episode and know the bit and know what's coming, it's still painfully funny, he says. I mean, it goes back to the days of Candid Camera. End quote. Jeff Daniels standing for Impractical Jokers. That's kind of weird. I wonder if you've seen the movie. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Um... Did I put anything from his Halle Berry thing? See Halle Berry making this uh, boxing movie. Spark- I think it's an MMA, MMA movie. Okay. It's an MMA movie that she's directed. Um, what I actually pulled here was at the end, she did a little phone conversation with Spike Lee. Okay. And they just transcribed the conversation. And EW did the best thing by really staying out of it. I only have a couple of questions. It's mostly just a convo. This is the most fascinating thing. When she, since they've known each other for years and have worked together in the past, um, when she made this movie, she sent an early cut to Spike Lee for his feedback. Um, so here's uh, Spike Lee. He says, 
So when you said, Spike, I directed this film and I want you to see the early cut, it was an honor. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is hot. You're playing a boxer and I heard that you get a broken rib or something. That happened. She got hurt. Yeah, during the movie. Um, but he persevered like, what's up? Just did your thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing blah, 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 blah. And then Halle Berry says, <laughs> um, you know why you're the first person I called? Because I knew that out of anybody, you would want me to win and you would shoot me straight. And there's something you told me that I went back and fixed. You said a lot of nice things, but then you said, but let me tell you what you need to do. You need to get rid of those cheesy heartbeat sounds. You said, trust your performances, get rid of all that cheesy shit. And then Spike Lee was like, well, that may have been a little too harsh. I'm a professor at NYU, so I try to be blunt, but I don't want to destroy anyone's confidence, blah, 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 blah. So he was like, get rid of that shit. And she's like, okay, okay not, yeah, not a problem. problem. Uh, man, that must be amazing <clears throat> to be like, I need I need some help with this. Let me, uh, Spike hey, Spike Lee, can you give me... And you know what Spike Lee does when he's working on something? He's like, let me... Uh, hey, Martin Scorsese, can you, <laughs> can you take a look at this and give me some... You know, the way these people work together yeah. sometimes is incredible. So I'll check out this Bruce movie when it comes out. Sounds like fun. Halle Berry's directorial debut. Why not, right? There's a show starting on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building, and it's developed by Steve Martin and Martin Short, and it's co-starring Selena Gomez. So it's this whole, like, cross-generational uh -huh. deal, right? Okay. And it's about uh, the, the original concept. The whole idea is that these guys want to investigate murders, but they also, they're old. They don't want to leave their apartment building, so they'll only investigate the murders that happen in the building. Only that's So the name of the show is Only okay. Murders in the Building. And some, somewhere, uh, podcasting is involved. <laughs> It's part of it's straight up part of the plot. Okay. Like true crime murder podcasts are like some of the most popular podcasts ever. Yeah. So. Um so it's interesting that they're all working together. Steve Martin seventy six, Martin Short seventy one. And then Selena Gomez twenty nine. Big big jump there. Um but what 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 did I want to pull? I said here that it, oh yeah, actually this is a funny story. So Steve Martin has this story that he tells people. It's his example of how in Hollywood, people want to take meetings and people want to meet people and see if things, if they can feel things that they work out. So uh, his agent one time was like, hey, Wes Anderson wants to meet you. He's a big Steve Martin fan. So you, you should have lunch with Wes Anderson. So Steve Martin, being the diligent client of the agents, like, okay, sure thing. I'll go have lunch with Wes Anderson. And he meets Wes Anderson. And then Wes Anderson's very disappointed. And then he's never in a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. You know, he's never uh -huh. asked to be in a movie. And then Martin Short chimes in. And he's like, it's probably because you're like a fucking sad sack. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to be, uh, you're all like, oh, I'm so blow, you know. Because uh, apparently he's um, he's like expecting a fun Steve Martin to show up. And instead he gets the real Steve Martin, who's yeah. uh, a bummer, uh -huh. I guess, in real life. Okay. In, a, in a way. It's funny, Martin Short calls him out on it in this. And Steve Martin leads into it. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. Um. So the Wes Anderson story is pretty. It's pretty funny. That's how it works out there in Hollywood. And I'll give this show a shot. It's a fucking two thirds of the Three Amigos. Yeah. God damn it! I love the Three Amigos. That's just the best. These are actually fun promo shots. Check out check out Martin Short doing the purple and blue trench coat <clears throat> uh, promo shot there in that Entertainment Weekly. Uh, well, look, looks, yeah. Looks 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 he looks cool. looks crazy. I mean, it's just an Entertainment Weekly sh uh, photo shoot or whatever, but it looks fun. Yeah. I'll watch this shit for sure. And then, uh, I think I have one more thing here. Yes, this whole thing. Uh, Wheel of Time. Okay, what, what is this? This is, you see Roseman Pike yeah. there in the middle? Uh -huh. Wheel of Time is Jeff Bezos being like, I need... Lord of the Rings? 
Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Game of Thrones, I need it all. Give it to me. Uh, so not only is Amazon doing the Lord of the Rings show, but they're doing this, the okay. Wheel, of time. Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time is fantasy. It yep. is. Uh, it came out, it started in 1990 okay. with the first book. There are 15 novels. <laughs> to give you an idea of how much <laughs> content so, yeah, there is. Game of Thrones, Chris. This, yeah, this is their Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, so look at this chart down here. I know this is a visual show, Hang but uh, at the bottom, there's a chart that shows like how many words Chronicles of Narnia is, how many words okay, Lord so of the Rings. Chronicles of Narnia is 342,000 plus. Yeah, that's uh, eight books. His Dark Materials is 383,000. Which is around the same as Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, Lord of the Rings is 576. F f words. We're yeah. talking about the word, we're talking about the word, word count. count. I mean, as of right now, the Game of Thrones Game of Thrones was 1.7 million One words. Point, and that, those are big-ass books. There's like yeah. five of them. One, two, three, four. And, and they're unfinished. The 15 Wheel of Time books. 15 Wheel of Time, 4.3 million. They're big books. There's 15 wow. books, and they're like 700 pages each. They're gigantic. Crazy. It's an insane <laughs> undertaking. Yeah. Appar apparently someone found this fantasy series that was huge in the 90s. Uh, it's wild. Um, Wheel of Time differentiates itself from other big name franchises in that it highlights its female characters. Uh, while Middle Earth's most prominent heroine has to disguise herself as a man, and Westeros' few female conquerors are often facing threats of sexual violence, the world of Wheel of Time is essentially matriarchal. The largest kingdom in the novel's unnamed land is ruled by a queen who will pass her crown to her daughter rather than her son. An easy piece is maintained. By the female-only mystic order known as the Ice Sedai. So it's, um, I guess it's the more feminist take on big, huge... Giant um, fantasy giant shit. Giant fantasy. But so much, though. So hopefully they wh they whittle it down to something that's like... They cut all the bullshit and just give me the entertaining stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, but obviously enough to pull from. Yeah. And, and don't kill Pablo Pascal, please. Yeah, and if you got Pablo Pascal, <laughs> don't, don't kill him. Don't kill him off. What the... Why would, you, why would you do that? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Um, that's, that's actually a pretty decent issue. A lot of good stuff in this week's Entertainment Weekly. So This month's Entertainment Weekly. So I'll keep doing that as long as they keep sending it to me. Entertainment Weekly this month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did, that a few, they did that a few years ago. It's, then it's why don't they change the name to Entertainment Monthly? Because they got the cash A. Ew. It's not M. Ew. It's ew. Ew. <laughs> Um, so we had this, this episode is going to go a little long, but it's fine. I'm going to try to crush you as many of these stories as possible. CinemaCon 2021 is happening or just happened. And that's the annual, um, the people who own movie theaters, the movie theater, the exhibitors, they all get it's together. Yes. And it's, um, the studios all showing up to show them. This is what we have coming out. Don't worry, guys. Here's the content we have to get people to fill up your your businesses. Um, you know who didn't show up? Warner Brothers decided not to show up this year because they're the ones who were like, remember the whole day and date thing? Our movie. Oh, yeah. We have a movie coming out every month on HBO Max. Man, theaters hate that shit. Um, so uh, Warner Brothers chose to totally fucking... They sent like a video of, of some executives, but they didn't show up to any of the panels, anywhere where they could be asked questions. They didn't show up. Um... And then the organ that 
NATO, the national, the North American Theater Owners, whatever, whatever the name is. I don't know. I can't believe it's called NATO. I know. <laughs> it's wild, right? The Theater Owners Association, like the head of that, he was like, in his remarks, he was throwing shade at uh, any studios that were doing day and date stuff. And um, Patty Jenkins, someone asked her about the Warner Brothers putting out Wonder Woman 84 around Christmas. And she, her and Gal Gadot both got paid off really well for that for that for yeah. that ship and uh she called it heartbreaking <clears throat> she was so upset uh looking back on how that all worked out um meanwhile actual news coming out of CinemaCon because they show all sorts of footage um they showed matrix 4 footage okay first footage come out plus the movie's name it will be the matrix colon resurrections so people are coming back to life. We're going to resurrect some colons, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all coming back to life. They're like, we're doing it again. And, and Neo's like, whoa. But then, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen, the second stare. And he also is like, whoa. <laughs> and then you're like, yes. 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 That's coming out um, right around Christmas. And, it, and HBO Max, same day release with theaters. It's the fucking Matrix, man. You gotta see that shit in theaters. I'm gonna see that shit in theaters. Got are you kidding to. me? No, bro. I'm gonna watch it at home. My TV's good enough. I mean, maybe right afterwards if it's any good. Yeah, like I did with uh, when I came home and rewatched scenes for um, Godzilla vs. Kong. That's so far the only one that I've done that where I watch it in a theater and I'm like, oh man, I kind of want to see some of that shit again. Just fast forward through something. Like, yes, yes, smash him. Um, meanwhile, someone asked Lily Wachowski why she didn't come back. It's like Lana and Lily did the first three movies. Um, and then with this fourth one, apparently Lana had an idea that she was super happy with. And then Lily was like, mm, I don't, I f- don't want to go backwards. I'm going to go forwards and actually has, what is she working on? Um, clicking on here. She actually has something that she's not, cause I was wondering if, if she was even going to be working on stuff. Here's Lily. Lana had another idea for a Matrix movie. There was something about the idea of going backwards and being part of something that I've done before that was expressly unappealing. Um, and then something called Work in Progress, quote, fell in my lap. So this is a show that started on Showtime in 2019. It tells the story of a person named Abby who in season one enters into a transformative relationship during a time of crisis. So Lily Wachowski jumped on for season two okay. on the Showtime show. Uh, meanwhile, Paul Thomas Anderson, this is fucking funny. <coughs> uh, the studio, whoever is making this, Paul, why, why would this, this link, this link is dead. Um, someone asked, uh, uh I think it's Warner Brothers. Hey, how, how's the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie going? And they were like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't, we don't follow. Got, got no fucking clue. Like, we assume it's going, <clears throat> we assume it's going okay. He's making it now. We'll, we'll see it when we get to see it. That's like a very old school like 70s 80s way of making movies We're like you studio you get to see the movie no notes no nothing you'll see it when i'm ready for you to see it give me my money i'm gonna go make this movie and then it's uh and then you're gonna love it trust <clears> me <throat> and then they don't love it um we're gonna segue from CinemaCon news and the tom cruise news okay for whatever reason drew I got some fucking, a lot of Tom Cruise news. You ready for the Cruise news? Sure. Cruise news. First off, at CinemaCon, they showed the first 13 minutes of Top Gun Maverick. Okay. And people, 
Mind's blown. From across the country, all you could hear all the buttons popping off the pants from all the boners that got popped in that yeah. theater for for this goddamn footage, man. Uh, it, apparently, it starts off with like the the same opening theme song, like Top Gun theme, uh, so, like Golden Hour aircraft no, carrier jets fun off. Yes, like they nail nostalgia, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Danger Zone kicks in. Like, they said the first 13 minutes is fucking incredible. And if the rest of the movie keeps up with that 13 minutes... We like it made be... a Tony Scott movie without Tony, without Tony Scott. Scott. Yeah, Russell Power. <laughs> Russell Power, Tony Scott, threw himself off a bridge. You know, the last thing that went through his mind was for sure... Oops. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Was it? Or was it... Ah. I wonder. Or maybe it was just the water that yeah. crushed his face. <laughs> um... Mission Impossible 7 will have the biggest stunt in movie history, possibly. Apparently, the stunt is uh, Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle off a cliff, uh, halfway down into a chasm. Halfway down the chasm, he will jump off the motorcycle and parachute down to the bottom of the chasm. Obviously. Stunt by Tom Cruise. Stunt by Tom Cruise. Obviously, he did it because he was alive. They're talking about it. (laughs) We're not talking about it in terms of his funeral. Yeah, so so Tom Cruise jumped off a cliff on a motorcycle and parachuted down to safety. So that's that's a stunt we have to look forward to. Good for him. Um, sounds like fun. It does sound like fun. Good, yeah, he got the scratches adrenaline itch. Good for him. Um, <clears throat> apparently, that's a good story. Uh, he oh, someone robbed his, robbed his fucking luggage. Okay, Poor one guy. of one of his cars because he's he's all set up in London yeah. uh, for the last few months working on the Mission Impossible movies and apparently loving it over there. Like maybe people are like, is he gonna just move here? He may I mean, pull a Stanley Kubrick and yeah. just like live out here and make movies out here. Um, he, one of his drivers, uh, like had a bunch of his luggage in his car. The driver left, obviously like pulled over, got out of the car. And then someone with the, like the key fob, uh, signal replicator just fucking got in the car, took off with it. They recovered the car. Luggage is gone. Yeah. So uh, That's Tom, Tom Cruise's stuff, Tom Cruise's shit got stolen in London. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Maggie Q has a uh, Tom Cruise story because they worked together on Mission Impossible 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she put this out there uh, while she was doing some protege uh, interviewing or uh, marketing stuff. But she said that essentially she showed up to the set for Mission Impossible 3. And she was like, yeah, uh, you know, can you please show me to my trailer? They took her to her trailer and she was like, oh, no, no, no. This is not my trailer. It's too big. <clears throat> my contract does not have this big ass trailer and I'm like very low on the call sheet mm. so I'm not getting in there because this is a fuck up so she was like hanging out waiting for her quote <clears throat> right trailer and then a producer came over and saw her said what are you doing how's it going she's like you know I'm just waiting for my trailer what do you mean you tra- <clears throat> got your name on it right there that's your trailer this big ass trailer is yours she's like no that's not what's in my contract and the producer was like oh Tom saw Tom Cruise obviously saw that your trailer was smaller than the rest and he got mad. And he was like, she is not lesser than... She's on this movie. She's important. Get her a, a, just like everyone else. She is just like everyone else. So it was all specifically because of Tom Cruise. It was like, get this lady a fucking good-ass trailer. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating story. I wonder who paid who to get all these uh, good, positive Tom Cruise stories out there. I mean... Because there's a bunch of them all of a sudden. Tom Cruise has a lot of money, and so does Scientology. But then also maybe he did these nice things too. So we're like, I mean, oh yeah, sure. Also about the time that I the, the, he helped me with that with the. Trailer. I mean, he very well could be a decent person. That doesn't mean he isn't batshit crazy. That's true. And just because you're decent to some people doesn't mean you're not shit to others. No. 
Right? We all have our demons, Chris. Apparently, he saved Elizabeth Shue from death on a set of cocktail. Okay. You know, he's even back in the 80s, he was all about helicopters and planes and all that kind of stuff, right? But you know, what wasn't a big thing in the 80s? Safety. <laughs> Safety briefings. Safety at all? <laughs> if, if In a movie now, on a movie set, if they were going to use a helicopter, there'd be a very formal briefing and someone would get everyone together like, look, there's going to there's gonna be a helicopter here. Stay away from this area because of these blades. This is dead. This is how you do this safely, right? In the 80s, that did not happen. They were just like, is a helicopter here? Cool. Okay, let's go. Let's shoot the scene. So apparently they would shoot a scene with this helicopter. It'd be like on the ground. And they'd sort of go back and forth from the helicopter over to the video monitors mm-hmm. to, for some playback stuff. And at one point, Elizabeth Shue was like, got excited and then ran back towards the helicopter to like get back in a position. But she started running towards like the blade, the back area. And Tom Cruise was the only one to be like, no, and it went and chased her and like literally tackled her at the legs to keep her from running face first into a fucking helicopter blade. Oh my God. That's a, that's a wild story. Yeah. And an alternate universe, she got splattered <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah and and that scarred tom cruise for life that, and, and that's a whole different time that's cruise. all other he's not doing no stunts <laughs> no stunts he's like give me a stunt double give me two stunt doubles we're doing all the cg can we do the cg can't be nothing can be dangerous what if that's a good what if <laughs> what if tom cruise was scarred by elizabeth Shue's death on cocktail <laughs> On that, on that movie, too. Yeah. What a shitty movie. So early in his career. So early. What a shitty movie. It's all about the soundtrack and nothing else. Um, let's get into some business stuff. Spike Lee is making a... It's already the first episode has come out. A, an eight-hour, four-episode documentary about New York City. Okay. It's called Epicenters. And it's called... It's like the framing of it is 9-11 to present. Okay. So it's like, what has happened in New York City since 9-11? <clears throat> Apparently, episode four, uh, some people, the critics got to see early footage. They got to see episode four. And there was a half hour section in there where Spike Lee interviewed people who were like, Jet fuel can't melt steel beams, control demolition, inside job. And apparently Spike Lee was giving a lot of credence to that story. To the truther, to this truther shit, and no. to some very specific people. And and then critics were going on Twitter and stuff. People were like, I saw Spike Lee's early cut of his New York thing, and he's like really into truther, uh, 9-11 truther stuff. It's very strange. Why why is this happening? Um, the pressure built up and built up and built up eventually to the point where Spike Lee has apparently taken all that stuff out. He, eh. he re-edited and he, he didn't even just rejigger it, didn't add disclaimers. He didn't try to find a way to like soften it. He was just like, nope, I'll just completely excise all 30 minutes of it. Interesting. Uh, is that fascinating? The way he That is weird. I don't that? know if I like that or not. I know. I'm feeling strange. I mean, I don't believe what they believe, but I also believe that their opinion, unfortunately, is just as valid as mine. It's an opinion. Uh, and then Spike Lee gets to make his movie. Should he have to like cave to editing his movie because critics saw it ahead of time and, like, don't, and question uh, a portion of it and don't agree with that opinion but then on the flip side Spike Lee is a big pretty big name with a huge platform mm-hmm. should he be using that platform to really amplify like something that's been so thoroughly debunked for 20 years an Alex Jones level conspiracy <laughs> like what is the benefit of that right? it's, there's no benefit to that so but that, he's allowed to believe it he is allowed to believe it but then, <laughs> but then we're allowed to be like we don't want it 
Yeah, agreed. Right. So agreed. It's it's you know, in the end, it doesn't matter. The the the, the sun will explode. The universe will have <laughs> eventual heat death, or 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 well, it'll, I mean, it'll no, expand no. to the point of the Great Rip, which is the opposite of the Big Bang. Well, I mean, that all depends if you know humanity survives whatever bullshit happens. To humanity the by this point, humanity is so out of the question. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about the possibility of like aliens coming to a dead Earth and finding the remnants of our civilization. I mean, like, at it, some point, even that I would mean, not be a, possible. A remnant. I mean, you have to dig down deep enough. Yeah, they could find like our old uh, uh, like hard drives and find a way to like alien read that arch- data. Alien archaeologists. Yeah, so, and then some aliens. Like the first thing they pull up is like two girls, one cup, <laughs> and they're like, "Fuck this planet." <laughs> These people deserve everything they got. Everything. Um, uh, I gotta skip a lot of these stories. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop Four is coming to Netflix. What? It. it uh, someone put out a list of like California was like, hey, look at all these movies that took advantage of our tax incentives. There's like 23 movies on this list, and one of them was Beverly Hills Cop Four. Interesting. So that's sort of like almost the official confirmation yeah, that that it happened. That's happening. Um, Christian Bale is going to start a movie called Church of Living Dangerously. Okay. It's kind of a fun title. Cool. Uh, it's about how a mega church pastor became a drug runner for a Mexican cartel. It's a true story. Based on a true okay. story. Cool. Yeah. Church of Living Dangerously. He will play John Lee Bishop, a pastor with an 8,000 plus congregation. God damn. Who bought a 350 pound tiger who brought a 350-pound tiger onto a stage in a former Kmart superstore, ultimately before becoming a drug runner. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like fun. So that's Christian Bale. I mean, I just want to see him in the new Thor movie. Oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. As uh, the God Butcher? <laughs> Fuck. Jesus, that's intense. I'm all for it. Any sort of like, let's hunt God and kill him and or uh-huh. her now. Let's kill them. Assuming it's alive. It's alive. It's killable. Let's find God. Let's kill God. I'm all for the idea of killing God lately. <laughs> it's very pleasurable to yeah. me. The idea that yeah, the, it's something idea that could that, be wrangled. And, and dealt with. And murdered. Yeah. A to- uh, brought to justice for this nonsense. There's a God to account for all this? That can explain apparently, all this? Apparently. Well, then yes. he needs to be brought to fucking trial. Because <laughs> this is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Oh, no, yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you're with me on this one. Oh, yeah. We need to fucking find God, string him up, kangaroo court his ass, take him to the town square, and hang him. Maybe that's what the funeral of God's all about. Um... So many stories. I really want to talk about this one on FX. FX has announced a whole bunch of cool shit recently. This one is called, there's a new limited series. I really like this, Drew. I liked how limited series is or more of a thing now. Um, something called Under the Banner of Heaven. What? It's about a... Sounds awesome. It's inspired by a New York Times bestseller. It's a story of a detective whose faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder. It seems to be connected to an esteemed Utah family spiral into um, LDS fundamentalism and their distrust of the government. Okay. Um, starring Sam Worthington getting another shot. Good for him. Uh, Wyatt Russell just got cast. Rory Culkin. That's awesome. He's actually my favorite Culkin of the Culkins. Everyone okay. stands for Macaulay, which is cool. But I like Rory. Where's the other one? There's Rory... Kieran? Kieran. I like Kieran. He's the one on Secession. Yeah. Kieran's good too. 
Well, actually, is Kieran the one I'm thinking about? Maybe Kieran's the one I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about Kieran. Fuck you, Rory. Rory sucks. <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy is going to be in a fucking Jonah Hill movie. What? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Jonah Hill co-wrote a movie with Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris is the guy behind Blackish and all those ish spinoff shows, okay. mixed dish, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. right? Um, so this will be his first movie. It's going to be a Netflix movie. He co-wrote with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy just signed on. Cool. Yeah. So, like, that's a that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot going on. It's this dude's first movie. He's mega successful in TV, but you know that that it's a hard switch sometimes to actually get into movies. It's his first movie. Jonah Hill took a three or four year break. He hasn't he hasn't done nothing for a minute. So this is well, him. I mean, I'm sure he's got plenty of money. He has tons of money. <laughs> After mid nineties, he got his mid nineties thing out there. He's like, I'm definitely gonna take a break now. So uh, it's his first thing since mid nineties. Meanwhile. Jessica Chastain, I mentioned her earlier, right? Uh, did you apparently Oscar Isaac? They're they've known each other for like two decades. Oh, really? They went to Juilliard together. Oh, okay. They were classmates, and uh, when he they had also worked on a Most Violent Year together. Um, I think that's because when Javier Bardem dropped out, Jessica Chastain recommended Oscar Isaac. And then with this uh, scenes of a marriage coming up, when it came to Oscar Isaac, he was like, I could only think of one person to work with, and that's Jessica Chastain. So, uh, meanwhile, have you seen the trailer yet for The Eyes of Tammy Faye? I don't think so. Uh, I've seen it a couple times in front of movies now. It's uh, Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker. Andrew Garfield is, uh, what's this guy's name? Jim Baker, Joe Baker, whatever this fuckhead's name. And it's about, like, you know, their part in the rise of fundamental American evangelical Christian TV Christianity, mm-hmm. prosperity, mm-hmm. preaching, and all that shit. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is in it as Jerry Falwell. Huh. Yeah, he's awesome. He looks awesome. He looks like, looks like great casting. They really make him up yeah. good. So, like, I was like, is that Vincent D'Onofrio? Um, but she said, the, the, the makeup, that they used for her to because it spans decades. Uh, so you know, Faye Baker puts on a lot of weight and herself uses a lot of makeup. Chastain said that the makeup that they used for her transformation at times was so intense that it left permanent damage on her skin. Ugh. Yeah, so think of poor Chastain now damaging herself for her art and for her entertainment. People go see this movie and think about her being her pain as she tries to entertain us. She permanently scars her epidermis. Permanently scarred. Uh, she's rich. She's fine. She's fine. I'm sure she can. Those it. redheads, you know, they got just so fair. The, yeah. the gentle skin. You got to be the careful. The pinkies. Yeah, the pinkies. Uh, I'm a fan. I think she's great. She's great. Um, this is a weird story. So Dave Bautista tweeted, uh, I want to be in a, I don't know if we talked about this last week, did we? we? Did. Update to the Dave Bautista tweet. It's happening. <laughs> that's, that's all you gotta do apparently sometimes all you gotta do is tweet I'm gonna tweet more about things <laughs> that I want apparently uh, Bautista tweeted it Momoa apparently had a James Corden TV appearance already scheduled and uh, and uh, Corden asked him about it say hey Bautista just tweeted this thing and it got a lot of tracks on- online about wanting to do a buddy cop movie with you what do you think and Momoa's response is pretty funny he said um <clears throat> He said, blah, 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 blah. He literally texted me about four days ago that we need to do that we need to do a buddy cop film. I said, absolutely. He said, let's do it in Hawaii. I said, let's do it. I've got an idea. So it's off to the races now. We're doing it. And then he said, it sells itself, bro. Momo was such a bro. It sells itself, bro. 
Uh, Dave loves wearing Speedos. I love wearing board shorts. And both of us with our shirts off. He'll be grumpy and I'll be charming. <laughs> Boom, it sells itself, bro. I have the hair. He doesn't have hair. We cover all the demographics. No. So. No, I mean, I, I see the potential. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're working together, apparently, on a um, Apple Plus show called C. They're, they're... It's, it's about post-apocalyptic blind people, apparently. Is that what it's about? Yeah. Okay. It's got The cast is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Apple is throwing a lot of money out there, for sure. I'm never going to watch any of it. I'm going to have to, like, cancel some other <laughs> things. Uh, you know, just put it in some sort of cancel rotation where at Apple. Because there's... They're building that fucking library, man. God damn, God damn it! God damn it! So it's happening. Uh, Jason Momoa has confirmed since then that phone calls are happening. Pe- people are being contacted. Uh, there is they, interest. They want, it to, they want to do it. We're expecting Momoa Bautista, a Hawaii-based buddy cop comedy. John Cena... Now let's get that story... HBO Max orders a limited series from Steven Soderbergh, the team that made No Sudden Moves, the guy who wrote RoboCop, Ed Solomon. Um, I think it's Ed Solomon. And uh, Steven Soderbergh, they're working together on a limited series uh, for HBO Max. Cool. So, doing six episodes. Soderbergh will direct the whole thing. Um, I'm all for it. Cool. The last thing he directed series-wise, I think, was uh, The Nick. Yeah. That was, that was some good stuff, The yeah. Nick. That's a good show. That's on HBO Max too. Yeah, because they, uh, they, uh, I think it's some sort of like Cinemax acquisition or whatever. Maybe um, Adam Sandler confirmed on he went on the Dan Patrick show and he confirmed with Dan Patrick that this movie, The Hustle, or just called Hustle, where he plays an NBA scout, uh, Netflix asked him to change something during the scripting process, and apparently the change was uh, the opposite of what most studios are doing. So. In the original script, uh, Sandler plays an NBA scout who goes to China and finds... The next Yame. Yes. <laughs> to bring him back to America. And Netflix read the script and were like, this is great. We'll make this movie. We don't have a presence in China. Netflix, we're, we're not, not in China. We're not allowed. Not, yeah, like they haven't allowed us to get in there yet. So we don't give a fuck about Chinese people. Can you uh, switch it to either like a Latin American country or a European country? Because yeah, we got both those markets. Because we're in those markets and we're banging those markets. Uh, so Sandler was like, well, all of a sudden my character's going from Beijing to Majorca, Spain. So that's how now this movie takes place in Spain. Because yeah. Netflix was like, we actually do well over there there we go and and adam sandler is a fucking businessman he's yeah. like I'll, not a problem you guys are paying me millions i'll play ball i'll go i'll go to fucking spain you want me to go to spain for a month i'll go to is spain. That china yeah oh, plus plus <laughs> one that's a bonus sorry sorry chinese listeners we're not my chinese listeners can't break through that wall yeah, I don't think so, right? Maybe yeah. that's what's happening. We got to get on Weibo. The, uh... they, they got their own internet over there. <laughs> yeah, they'll straight up their own internet. All right, we're at, we're at the end of my email here of, of stories. Fast and Furious fans think Vin Diesel just revealed the title of the next film in his Instagram post. He put up a picture of his son. F12? Well, it's 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 going to be the 10th movie. 10. 10? It's 10. A, it's actually, Drew, when I tell you what it is. FFX. 
Drew, you just did it. <laughs> of course. I was going to say, when you find out what it is, it's like it yeah, just makes sense. It's so sense. dumb. FX. F-X. Just, oh, FX? Just FX. But it's, but not FX. No, because it's, <laughs> it's been Fast 9, Fast 6. They've, they've tried to simplify it, right? He put up a picture of his young son with a, with a shaved head and then shaved into his hair. FX. It's like, hey, what do you think about my kid? And everyone's like, oh, shit, is that the title of the next movie? So I wouldn't be surprised. It actually kind of makes sense to be FX, and then FX Part 2 will be the, the final movie. Um, and then also makes me think of poor uh, the movie FX from the I'm 80s. Like, now that's going to get wrapped up in this whole, like, what movie are you talking about, FX? FX or FX? Or FX. Oh, no, I'm talking about the one with uh, Jerry Orbach. <laughs> oh, FX. Yes, 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 great movie, great movie. What if Jerry Orbach pops up in FX? Dude, if they <laughs> Jerry Orbach in there, forget about it. The world will crumble in on itself. Um, this is a weird series of events. So Letitia Wright, uh, she is Shuri in the Avengers and mm-hmm. the MCU and all that, and then Black Panther and whatnot. Uh, late last year, she put out some tweets and stuff that weren't necessarily anti-vaxer, but was definitely like question questioning vaxer. Okay. And, and then of course, you know, it's the internet. So we're like, oh my god, she's anti-vaxer. What are we gonna do? Do we cancel her? Can we cancel her? Um, and then people are like, uh, it was sort of rumored that she wasn't even going to be in Black Panther Wakanda. And that the Michaela Cole, who just did on HBO Max, um, uh, I Want to Destroy You, whatever I think it's called, um, or I May Destroy You, she was cast in the movie, but wasn't listed what her role is. And people were like, oh shit, did they recast Letitia Wright's character with Michaela Cole, uh, the character of Shuri? Um Apparently that did not happen. Letitia Wright is in Wakanda forever, and she got hurt doing a stunt <laughs> and had to be hospitalized okay. for minor injuries, which is wild. I yeah. think she's gotten out since then, yeah. so it's not like bad, bad. But she got fucking hurt. hurt herself. She got hurt, but she put out some like some questionable sort of quotes, I guess, for people late last year, and people were like, "What?" And then Disney was like, "What?" And then Letitia Wright was like, delete, delete. <laughs> like straight up her Instagram and Twitter. She was like, I'm yeah. just going to get off social media, which is the smartest thing any celebrity could do. Yeah. Um, and then it also means that now no one knows what Michaela Cole is going to play uh, in this movie. Um, some people are like, maybe it's Storm or whatever. Uh, who knows? And then Dominique Williams uh the actress is the one who's been cast as Riri Williams, uh, Ironheart. So it ain't that. Um, keep it up with that Benefer news. Now we're into the final section, okay. Benefer 2.0, where uh, Ben Affleck was seen at Tiffany's with his mom and uh, one of his kids looking at, apparently people thought he was looking at an engagement ring. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we're like, What? And then a source close to them is all like, man, I love this shit. A source close to them is like, uh, uh, Ben Affleck considers Jennifer Lopez the one that got away. No. So now that they're together again, he's like, like a pit bull. Like, I'm sticking. Put a ring on that shit. I'm, I'm, I'm buying that ass. I ain't letting go. And then Jennifer Lopez, for her part, another source was like, she's impressed by how um, much mature he is. Now he's aged up. And I think being sober right now helps out his case a lot as no. well. Uh, so they're like getting together with the kids and all together. So he's at Tiffany's. All these articles come out. Ben Affleck buying engagement ring for J-Lo. Every headline, right? And then like the next day, more articles come out. Uh, ben Affleck was actually doing a scavenger hunt with his family. So apparently like 
not only was he running around the mall, but his like his daughter and someone else was running around. They had a list of things. And one of the things was that a Tiffany's. That was their cover yeah. story, maybe. But they were running around doing scavenger hunting in the mall. That's what the Affleck family is up to these days. Isn't it nice to be rich? Pandemic, be. pandemic going on. Like, you know, just go to a scavenger hunt at, at, at Tiffany's. <laughs> Um, you know, we'll pick up some activity. What's on the uh, list? That's like, oh yeah, uh, find a five thousand dollar ring. <laughs> well, when you're making millions of dollars, five thousand dollars is literally nothing. That's true. That's true. Uh, I lied. One more story. Final story. This is the Michael Caine, the Michael Caine section, mm-hmm. where Michael Caine confirmed that for two presidential administrations, he did not blink. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so Good for him. He actually, he brings it up. So um, there is, I, I finally, I was a joke I've been making for a long time because um, uh, Simon Pegg did a random Michael Caine impression on Comedy Bang Bang no. where he brings up, not blinking. It's what, <laughs> I, it's what I do. And apparently Michael Caine did a four TV, like a actor studio thing where he hang out with no. other actors. And it's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's like 15 minutes long. And within the first three minutes, one of his first pieces of advice is do not blink. I don't blink. I don't blink. <laughs> and he has an actor right in front of him. He's like, see what happens when I just don't blink. The power that happens. Um, it's so it's so funny. Um, it's called Teach Yourself Film Acting. No, he says he got that from a book called Teach Yourself Film Acting and that he spent two full U.S. presidential terms trying not to blink on screen. <laughs> This is him. For the next eight years, I walked around trying not to blink. People around me, my mother and everyone, thought I had gone nuts. They thought I was a psychopath. I used to frighten the life out of people. <laughs> just like staring at people. And just And not blinking. That's a crazy, that is like a hard thing to do. Like you want to lubricate your eyes naturally. You know well, I mean? I mean, you know, naturally you don't think about it. You just. Yeah, that's true. Your eyes just do it. So yeah. you have to like physically be like, don't blink, don't blink, don't blink, don't blink yeah. in your head while also trying to recite uh-huh. dialogue and, and, and stuff. And then at the same time, at a certain point in time, then you have to train yourself to blink again. <laughs> yeah. Like, my, why are my eyes so dry? <laughs> uh, this BBC bit is from 1987. So he says if he gave this advice in 87, so that means he probably spent like the Reagan years and maybe some of the Bush years not blinking. Not blinking. So if you want to see not blinking Kane, watch a Jaws of Revenge. He doesn't blink. He doesn't blink, but there's a shock. Mario Van Peebles, watch out. There's a shock behind you. Don't blink. Um, So I thought that was hysterical. That's the the end of the episode with some Michael Caine stuff. Drew Sikogman, thank you very much. You're welcome. And you listeners, you're welcome for this week's show. We'll be back next week with episode 452, which will be some more nonsense that I'm sure you're looking forward to. We're going to talk about Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings. A PFT Media Production.